I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, everyone, and welcome to History Dweebs. I am Tim Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. Today we're going to talk about the uh, death of Sid and Nancy, the uh, Sex Pistols, Sid Vicious, and his uh, girlfriend, Nancy Spungen. But before we do, let me remind everyone that we are a comedy podcast and sometimes... that's that's subjective, Timmy. Subjective. We try. We aspire to be a comedy podcast, I should right. say. And uh, sometimes we use adult language. When I say God we, right, I, we do. When we when I say we, actually, I'm talking about Brandy. No, Whatever, Brandy to say other. So if adult language offends you, then Popeye's you can. Sister. <laughs> then you should try one of the other fine independently produced podcasts out there who. Podcasters who don't swear, like uh, our friend Nina, for example. She swears a lot at us, Timmy. No, well, she swears but a not lot at you. Not on the podcast, though. She's able not to on the podcast, yeah. contain herself. Yeah. Unlike so, some other people we know. <laughs> let, <sighs> me, let me introduce our panel. I am joined, as always, by the very lovely and talented, the uh, lady who is known throughout the kingdom as Brandy the Benevolent. Her Majesty... Queen Brandy the First. How are you, Brandy, if at all? I am all right, Timmy. I am fully vaccinated and I am ready to go lick some doorknobs. So you have, uh, you've been fully back vaccinated. You, you don't have I to have. worry about the, the COVID. I do not. Well, that's pretty not. selfish, I think. Don't you think, I'm, Colonel? That's pretty selfish of her. None of our listeners have had access to no, and vac- you had two vaccine. Yeah, I feel like two. I feel like they have had access, so it's okay. But no, I, not all. Leanne hasn't had it yet. But I'm I'm good. I'm good, and I'm vaccinated. And aside from you know, a couple little um, side effects from it yesterday, I you know, it's it's good. 
I feel good about it. You know, it. I was when I got my second shot, I was tempted to jump down on the floor and start shaking and shit, foaming at the mouth. What? That'd have been that would have been cool. Really? Would it? Soil yourself right there and Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, well, did you guys no, no side effects. Yeah. That 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 that, uh, that short net line. Well, <laughs> it certainly does. Did you guys read right? Did you guys read the the thing and you probably didn't. This there's this lady um Dr. Naomi Wolf. And I don't think she's a medical doctor. She's some kind of like like Timmy. She's a doctor of whatever. Anyway, she got on there and she got on the Twitter machine and was talking about how, you know, there have been these women that are developing blood clots and that um, there have been and there's been, you know, anecdotal evidence of people who are standing women who are standing near those women that are developing blood clots of also developing blood clots. Oh, they just standing by them. Just standing by them, but it needs Damn. more research. I'm like, that is the most fucking stupid ass bullshit thing I have ever. Because you know, if they get, you know, they get the vaccine and then they get these blood clots, which has happened to like six people, which is terrible. But you know, it's not out of however many millions of doses. You know, you've got these six women, and that's terrible that this happened. But don't sit there and say, and just by standing next to them, you too can develop a blood clot. Because it's fucking stupid. Well, I, I actually guess got a just, greater chance of being hit struck by, by lightning yeah. while a crocodile was eating you. I think that then, that's. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. Statistically, I did some research. Of course, getting you did. eaten by a crocodile and struck by lightning at the same time. Well, I mean, you're not going to develop these blood clots because you don't have a uterus. But for the rest of you know, for the other half of the country. Yeah, it, there there is basement. a risk. There is a risk. But you know, I'm just I'm just playing it safe and staying away from everyone. Like, well, like, I don't anybody, think you're going to get it standing by, standing by someone. Of course, I mean, you're not I guess you, to. I guess you could if no. you ha- if the person had a blood clot and they like grabbed on your leg or something and it caused your plus, uh, it caused a blood clot. You I know that so. um, my doctor told me not because you know I I had a. <laughs> Chuck, you will appreciate this. I I uh, got a high reading on my blood pressure a couple weeks ago, and then you know, of course, I'm taking it every like five minutes after that, of right? Course, of course, yeah. You don't want to have a stroke. Do you, you have your own blood pressure cuff now? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I already had one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and you did. Uh, sorry. My doctor told me not to do that. He said that you can develop, uh, you can like it can mess up your blood vessels and stuff by taking yeah, your it blood can pressure. Yeah, kind of crush them a little bit. Yeah. Well, and your blood pressure will go up because you're anxious about what your blood pressure oh, uh, yeah, is going to be. Yeah, it's that white coat yeah, um, so, syndrome or whatever. Yeah, so let's – yeah, why don't you go ahead and put that put that away. But my point – the Timmy, do you have the wrist cuff or the – No, the I've one got that goes the, on your oh, bicep. Yeah, the one that goes on there. He's got the one that goes around his neck. Well, you know, I have to be <laughs> careful because let's – I you know, you know, Charles, I'm, I'm trying – it's not for me, you understand. It's for all of our listeners. No, it's because what would happen? Right. Okay. Well, the show just falls Something apart, happened to me. First of all, yeah, it'd be I, tragic. I need Leanne to get into this country so that she can temper this bullshit. Well, because it's that feels out of control. I'm going to go to I'm going to go see her this summer, but you know I can't go outside over there. They won't let me go outside. 
That's some bullshit Cause, there. Because you're a big outdoorsman. Well, yeah, uh-huh. come up. Timmy wants to hike. Yeah, Timmy wants to hike. Timmy, you know, the, you know the blood pressure cuffs you put on your wrist, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Those kind you can just get on your wrist. So my doctor, I, I I come into the office. I have a little bit high reading one time, and uh, he gives me a, a he tells me to get a cuff, you know, to monitor it. So I get the wrist cuff because it looks you know much easier. So so, so cool. I'm sitting there on the couch, you know, and uh, monitoring my blood pressure, and I notice you know when certain people walk by, it shoots up like sixty points, but. Uh, Logan comes walking through the door and he has no idea what it is. And he just looks at me and he says, Hey, Buzz, where's Woody? Nice. <laughs> it looked like a Buzz Lightyear thing on my wrist. Uh-huh. But he, he didn't ask what was wrong with me, what, what I was doing. He just he decided to take a shot at me. Did and it said, spike? Did it spike? When it he, did okay. spike. It was, it just started. It was like a little, uh, jack, uh, little slot machine. The lights started going off and you won you you know like you, you won, won. well colonel i know i know it's a problem we should actually do a disclaimer when we before we start the podcast that a lot of women have that problem colonel when they listen to us on on the podcast they don't. i gotta i gotta keep my singing limited to me yeah. i gotta limit the singing okay so but anyway but anyway brandy yes we've okay. really had we, too much brandy don't want brandy time but you know, even, yeah, you would think that being a leader, like you're supposed to be, that uh, you would wait until all of our listeners had their vaccination before you would get yours. But instead, yeah. you think only of yourself. It's a yes. it's the same pattern, Colonel. Same pattern. Sa- okay, it is. So, and I was I tried to I tried to put mine off to me. I wanted mine to go to the uh, unwashed masses. Mm-hmm. Um, but they wouldn't let me. The government would not let me. They said, you're a colonel. You're a colonel. We need the colonel. That's not what you they never said. Know. You never know when a war breaks out. No. They'll, they'll Chuck, need all the corn, colonels they can get. Chuck got the placebo. I might have. <laughs> I very well could have. So, let me, I, speaking of our friend Charles. Well, let's get this uh, over with. Uh, <laughs> you know, Brandy, we live in such troubled times. A pandemic, uh, Russia's on the, you know, uh, on uh, may invade the Ukraine, China uh-huh. may invade Taiwan. I mean, just all kind of things going on in the world. And during these troubled times, people look to the colonel um, uh, for guidance in these they very, very difficult all. times. No. He's, been, he's been called an oasis in the desert of despair. By no one. He is a best-selling author. He has his uh, book, the uh, How to Make Love to a Woman. Uh, now in paperback, I understand, love Colonel. To a woman. I thought it was like What's a that, graphic. Is it a graphic novel yet? It's going to be a movie soon. Oh, yeah. I oh. see. We're well, talking to Ryan Gosling right now. You absolutely yes, are I'm not. Is he going to play we, the Colonel? He's going to play the Colonel. Uh, oh my we've God. got him. And uh, and Tom Selleck to play the old, you know, the older Colonel, uh-huh. and uh, and and they're gonna, you know, there there'll be a bevy of young ladies because you know you can't just use one. I mean, you try to use all these techniques on one woman, you kill her. I mean, right? Sure. I mean, literally. Like, you just first have of all, to, you're talking about making a porn, a coma. so you know, 
That so, uh, demonstrating the colonel's love techniques. Yeah, but that's what that so, is. So uh, it's now going to how to make love to a woman is now soon to be a major motion picture. Brandy, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm trying not to think about it at all. It might show Ryan Gosling's winner. Well, <laughs> what do you think I, about that, Devil? You know, and that's all fine, but you know, it's. If it, I'm willing to sacrifice seeing that so that this movie never gets made, so that's that's where I stand. Then how are you ever going to learn about the sidecar, Devil? I am going to. You're never going to learn about the sidecar. What I'm going to do is climb the fence. I'm going to boycott this movie at every turn. I will boycott the reverse ang- uh, reverse anal, Brandy. How are you going to learn about the reverse anal? Yeah, I don't want to know about that anyway. So yeah. So I think I'm safe. I'm good. I'm good. So, yeah, okay. I'm going to boycott all of that all the time, everywhere. The one and only, the Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawkwaters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm suboptimal, Timmy. I'm suboptimal. Shocking. What, Shocking. What's wrong? So what's glad <laughs> I was sitting down for that. What's, what's wrong, Colonel? Brandy, we've spent too, a lot of time listening to your... Way too much time. Yeah. J- gibberish. Yeah. Uh, Timmy, I had to go and do a sleep study, Timmy. Okay. Did and, you really? uh, I did, and it turns out I have a sleep... A pinea. A pinea. I hear that. Sleep a pinea. Uh-huh. Ah. And, uh... Tomorrow, Timmy, I get fitted for my Darth Vader. Oh, you're getting now one of those. Uh, uh. So, so here's the thing that I will tell you that you might need a new chapter in your book then. Well, know, about how, how to make love with the with that. So here's yeah. the thing, and I tell you this in all seriousness. I have a girlfriend of mine that works, um, you know, in that in that sleep study area. She works for a doctor. Um, and one of the things that she has told me that tends to make people sick is what you need to remember is to clean it out because you, people come in and they're getting, and they're sick and they can't figure out why. And they bring their machine and they've never, ever cleaned it. I am getting the cleaning machine, which is $250 to clean it. Yes. You just put it in overnight and it cleans itself. Well, not overnight because you need to wear it, but. Uh, is that the or one? Yeah, that, or, is that the one that William Shatner advertises? Oh, I don't know. It's I think one he does. That he just told me, but yeah, uh, I think he advertises it. So if it's good enough for Bill Shatner, it's good enough for you. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Thought, I thought he advertised uh, reverse mortgages. No, that's that's Tom Selleck. <laughs> I'm getting in that age group where you know I could do advertisements for reverse mortgages. Of course, you could. So. You can't get one of the little, like, nose things that goes in that just, like, sits on your nose. You have to have the whole, like, apparatus. No, I can get one of the little nose things that sits up there, but still. You know what causes uh, sleep I don't like to be left in, less than perfect. What's that? A fat that, neck. Timmy? A fat it's neck. When you, no, it's because it you spend a lot is. of time in your life uh, having your, uh, your breathing um, interrupted. 
interrupted when you were pleasuring women. That's that's, well, that's, that's part of it, Timmy. That's yeah. part of it. Uh, and so, uh, well, you but you know what? Now. That's how it is, Colonel. Uh, they use you, and then they go away, and now you've got lifelong problems because right. you you were you're a giver. Well, you know, Timmy, and I play hurt, so you know I don't mind. You know, I play through the injuries, I play through the pain, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, trooper. It's, uh, You're such a trooper. Yeah. No, seriously, it causes. You know what causes uh, that causes um, throat, throat cancer. cancer. Yeah. yeah. So, and they say, e, Timmy, if you've had more than three partners, yeah, you're screwed. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's a good weekend, Colonel. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's. Okay, so I'm super excited, but. In all seriousness, if you have any issues with your Darth Vader apparatus, let me know, and she can she can help you. She can help oh, you with I, that. She probably make me work it off, but yeah, okay, I will. I appreciate. She won't that, though. She won't though because um, she has taste, and she's married, and she, you know, all I have to do is tell her to hate you, and she will slit your throat. So. You know, it's one of those. So, okay, you know, well, be nice to me. A professional well, relationship. Well, Colonel, I hope you're, uh, I hope that works out for you because we cannot afford to lose you on well, this podcast. Well, it, it just involves a little bit of, uh, a little bit of snoring, Timmy, which, uh, yeah, but no, that I interrupts mean, your breathing. It'd be a shame. I, see, if I did, the tube I did got not kids. realize, Timmy, what I didn't realize is that I snored because. You know, typically, to me, when a colonel pleasures a woman, oh my God! After that, she goes into such a deep, exhausted slumber. Uh huh. Nobody's ever told me I snored before. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean because they're wife. basically comatose until they, you know, get back into where they need to be the next after ten, twelve, fourteen, fifteen, eighteen hours of sleep. Your wife goes into an to ambient slumber. Your wife goes into an ambient slumber, probably because you snore. So you know, let's let's simmer. I down blamed a it bit. on the dog. I blamed it on the dog, Timmy. The dog. So, well, it'd well, be a the sh- dog it, does snore. You ever heard a dog snore? Yes, Lucy snores all the time. It's hilarious. However, it would be a shame if your hose got kinked or plugged in some kind of way, and you couldn't breathe. That would that would be awful for you. So yeah, so make, make sure, sure you check that. Yeah, and don't roll that over I'm, at night. That I'm sure my security it. will take care of that. I well, you know, I have security look over me while I'm sleeping too. Yeah, but you know, I know them, and I've slipped them, you know, a case of beer and a carton of Pall Malls, and and so I would sleep with one eye open if I was you. <laughs> Pall Malls. But other than that, Timmy, I'm, <laughs> I, I couldn't be better. So. Well, I'm glad, you, Colonel. You just keep that oxygen flowing, Colonel. Yeah, I did. You know, during the sleep study, my oxygen dropped, my blood ox dropped down to seventy six percent, Timmy. No, you weren't even breathing. No, I wasn't breathing at all. Did no. they hook you like a bunch of monitor, a bunch of shit all over your head and stuff? No, th- this is one you do at home. You know, one oh, of the home yeah. ones, so you only got like, but it's, you still got a bunch of shit hooked up to you. I wonder I'd recommend if, uh, if you're snoring, it, you get that done. It's it's not a hurtful. Yeah, I wonder how process. how difficult it is though to sleep. You got to sleep on your back or on your side. You can't sleep, you know. 
on your well, face. You can, on your stomach. I don't yeah. sleep. Yeah, I typically don't sleep on my stomach from, you know, my days. Yeah. Of no, pain. I just mean having um, it on your. I guess you get from, used to it. Right. From no, your days you know of what? Vietnam. Is that what you said? From my days of Vietnam. Yeah. Um, uh, Nam. Nam. So the thing is, I love to sleep on my back, but that's what makes you snoring the worst. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah that's, that's sleep on your side, Colonel. The, the struggles that are Colonel, Timmy, they seem to never end. I'm well, like Job. I'm like Job. You are like, you Job. Are like, you are like Job. Uh, you're like Job. Yes. Job. Yeah. <laughs> Job. All right. Let's talk yeah. about Sid and Nancy. All right. All right. Sid Vicious infamously once said, I'll die before I'm 25, and when I do, I'll have lived the way that I wanted to. This is the tragic timeline of his misfortunate life and doomed 19-month relationship with his girlfriend, Nancy Spungen. Nancy, uh, Nancy... When Nancy uh, Laurel Laura Spungen was born on February 27, 1958, of course, that means her mother uh, was pregnant during the holidays. Yeah. Oh, she was really pregnant. Yeah. She was. She probably. I hope she got. I hope that she got. I uh, hope that she got Christmas presents because, you know, she was probably a, about seven months then. Right? Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway, Nancy was born in uh, 1958 Uh in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Her mother, Deborah, instantly knew that she was different. Something different was about her baby. Uh, During the delivery, Nancy's, her mother's, umbilical cord prolapsed, which deprived the infant of oxygen, Brandy. Your thoughts on that? It happens. You know. It okay. Happens. It's yeah. So uh, Nancy came out blue and limp, and like nothing, n- nothing worse than being blue and limp. And no, blue and limp is never wow. a good combination. <laughs> never yeah. a good combination. By the way, wow. we have a shout out today. We, we uh, who's uh, you had a shout Sammy out Joe, Timmy, Sammy, Sammy Joe. Joe. Yes, we don't want yeah. to forget Sammy Joe. Her sister's a, got an interesting crime. She sent me an interesting crime story about a sister that a sister was involved in, and one day we will have to go into that dude, further. Dude, the two of you are like fucking ADHD squirrels. You're fucking all over the goddamn place. Well, well, he told her that he sent it to me, and he and he didn't. And now I'm going to be the bad guy when so I now Chuck do this. So wait a minute. Yeah. So, so the made up. So the made-up colonel is a liar? What? Just, just saying. What? No. So anyway, Nancy came out limp and blue, which is never a good thing. Right. Uh, and they do have this magic pill called Viagra that will... Oh, my God. <laughs> After an eight-day hospital stay... Uh, Deborah and Frank Spungen, her father, excitedly brought their daughter home. Brandy said, "Happy story." Well, so she, far so good. She probably was no longer blue and limp. Although if they probably sent her home blue and limp, that's a that's a problem. Well, it's a different story at that point. Yeah. 
The mood in the Spongeon household shifted from excitement to apprehension when Nancy didn't stop crying. You ever have problems with your kids, uh, Brandy, not, uh, with their crying? I can't even. I just, I can't even with that. Colonel, how about you? Well, Timmy, I mean, my kids never cry because they had the colonel as a daddy. I mean, why oh. would they, what they got to cry about? Oh, my God. According so to the time they popped out of the womb, Timmy, they knew that they was, uh, they had colonel privilege. They grew up with colonel privilege, Timmy. So, uh, they're, they're, part, they're part of the colonel dynasty. Exactly. They're embarrassed. I don't know which of these boys is going to carry on. They are embarrassed name. by you, so simmer down. I've met your children. <laughs> Settle down. They do see a, a little embarrassed, Colonel. But they don't, you know how it is. Kids, they come around to appreciate you, Colonel. When they do, they, uh, they're going to be very happy to be the son of Well, a once they He'll quit be dead wearing by those bell bottoms and flowery shirts and yeah. cut their hair. Smoking yeah. that. Yeah. Devil's yeah, lettuce, yeah, yeah. smoking pot, and smoking yeah, marijuana, like and carrying no signs. Stop the war. Yeah, the devil's lettuce. Mm-hmm. Jesus. So, according to Deborah's memoir, she wrote a memoir. I, I mean, whatever. Colonel, have you ever thought about writing a memoir? Well, I incorporate some parts in my life in my book. How to make love to, make to love a woman. to a woman, devil. Um, but I might write a full memoir to me. Um, but I, I think I'm going to be like Winston Churchill and do it in maybe four sections. 26 volumes. Yeah. 20. Yeah. Four volumes, five, six, 12, maybe. Anyway, uh, Deborah wrote a book and it was called, and I don't want to live this life. That's a catchy title, Brandy. Uh, she said Nancy didn't merely cry, but she screamed, and she did not stop screaming. Uh, Deborah brought her baby several times to the pediatrician. Sorry, my computer went blank here. They tried various uh, smooth, soothing and coping mechanisms, including the cry it out method, Brandy, that uh, I'm sure you're familiar with. I am very <laughs> familiar with that. Yeah. Uh, but even that didn't work. Then, when Nancy was three months old, I wonder if she was limp and blue at that point. The doctor, I don't think pres- so. oh, the uh, doctor prescribed phenobim. What is it? Phenobarbital. Thank you. Now, first of all, why did you just act like you were surprised? Because you wrote this. Why are you I acting know. like you're surprised I, that it's there? I wrote there? this like I wrote it like two weeks ago. Right. So two weeks ago, yeah, there's been a lot. Whatever. Yeah, it was phenobarbital, and you have just, to remember that this was back in the in the fifties, and that's well, you know, no, all of this was, was just a great idea. Yeah. Okay. But she, in fairness, this is how I calm down too. So I'm I'm with her so far. All right. Just a few drops, Brandy, on her tongue. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. Uh huh. As needed. As needed. Thus began. Nancy's love affair with substances. So they created an addict at three months old. Well, Nancy needed frequent drops on her tongue, apparently. There you go. You know, when a kid kid's crying, you know, what are you going to do? 
Jesus. The dose would keep her asleep for a few hours. But when she woke up, she was in a combative state of agitation it's a constant and emotion. State. Oh, it's constant. like combative, but a different word. <laughs> a constant state of agitation and motion, Brandy. Your thoughts on Ugh. that? Yeah, I'd have probably doped her up too. But I mean, it, it, this is what's fucked up is like at three months, like at three months old already, <clears throat> you're creating an addict and she's never, you know, and clearly well, she never I, got uh, over it. Well, I mean, uh, her mom is just doing what the doctor. Oh, no, 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 no. I get that. No, no, no. I'm not blaming your mom. I'm not doing whatever. But it was, but it just, you know, that's. At three months old, they're giving her phenobarbital. And Sounds like she had issues anyway, you know. Well, related she, I'm sure to her she birth. did. I'm sure she did. I get that. And you know, when you have a crying baby that's on their, you know, fourth hour of crying, you know, a little, a little whiskey on the gums never hurt anybody. But phenobarbital seems to be just a bridge too far. But whatever. Yeah, and, uh, and you're right. Deborah didn't know any better. She was doing what the pediatrician told her, and she probably hadn't slept in you know months. So I get it. Her heart, her parents were hard pressed to keep up with the young baby. Nancy had no interest in slowing down and uh, would stiffen up, <clears throat> stiffen up when she was touched. Your thoughts on that? Well, Carl? who among us doesn't occasionally <laughs> stiffen up when touched? Timmy? Well, actually, especially now when you know. You're within six feet of me. Let's back it up. There's no touching. No touching in this bubble. This is my bubble. That's a way to eliminate the blue, Timmy. Yeah. <laughs> Deborah suspected that uh, Nancy had an, uh, a neurological birth injury. Unfortunately, this diagnosis didn't exist when uh, Nancy was born. Um, she was a precocious young child. She spoke in sentences before her first year ended. No one knew quite uh, how to deal with Nancy, so they subdued her with medication. Now, Jesus. see, that's speaking in sentences at one. That sounds impressive to me, but I was speaking in sentences at uh, one, and I was doing it in four different languages to me. Of course you were. Not, not four that different impressive. languages. Well, and it one would be was impressive. Mandarin. If it was true, how I've, I've heard was Kawiki um, uh, uh, was what Kawiki? It's a uh-huh. little-known language from a uh, South American indigenous uh-huh. people. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Only it, and, and remember, I was only one, and at that time, they had never seen a, uh, a Caucasian person before. So oh you learned their language even though you were never exposed to them. Right. No, I was exposed to them. To me, I was oh. I was try, I was going down the uh down the Amazon trying to find the headwaters and uh I you know, know, I was precocious when I was one too, Timmy. I can't under, like I don't understand what's happening. Jesus. Well, anyway, uh at age 11, Nancy was expelled from school for truancy. And being uh, incorrigible, like pretty much like Brandy, Colonel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eleven's Nancy. too young to, uh, you know, to really have yourself all together, Timmy. It it, it takes you a f- just Nancy needed a few years to 
just really, well, really get incorrigible. I mean, she could only be so incorrigible at eleven. Well, but, you know, apparently the apparently the school thought so because they kicked her out. No, not at incorrigible. 11. She needed to be encouraged, devil. So oh, she was I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. Incorrigible. You just continue, encourage the girl. She continued her education at Devereaux Manor High School, a school for troubled girls. I've just, known troubled girls before. Right. Put that out there. You have known troubled girls before. Yes. And we've all and you know about it. I, there was a you know how you got in there to me how you know how you got to the school you go down uh, Main Street and you take a right and then you would go over a bridge over troubled water really and get to the school yeah oh my god. <laughs> Oh, the women's uh, blood pressure, our listeners' blood pressure just went through the roof. Mine did. did. Mine went through the fucking roof, I can tell you that. Part of the trouble was that Nancy possessed a superior, superior intellect, much like myself. And she was a drug addict. Well, that too. You, you always look at the it's negative. Like a com- it's like a combination of you and Timmy. <laughs> she she later claimed uh, to have an IQ of one seventy two, which is pretty smart, Colonel. That's almost it, she's getting in the Colonel territory there. She's creeping up on it, but she got a ways to go. Yeah. When she, she when she was fifteen, doctors diagnosed Nancy with schizophrenia. Your thoughts on that, Brandy? Well, at least they diagnosed her. You know, are you pro? Something. Or anti-schizophrenia? I don't... What? There's are you no, pro-schizophrenia or are you anti-schizophrenia? Yeah, I don't think that's a thing that you're pro or con about. Okay. You're, what you're, she's dodging the question, Colonel. <laughs> yeah. She's oh. The, she's a dodger, Timmy. Yeah. Ugh. Sound like Ted Cruz over there trying to contort oh, yourself. Oh, no. Oh, no. Absolutely not. You take that back. I am nothing like Fat Wolverine. You well, take that shit back. Nancy graduated from high school at age 15, the same year she was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Well, she graduated early, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. At 16, she enrolled at the University of Colorado. Go Buffaloes. And began using heroin, Brandy. Your thoughts? Are you pro-heroin or are you anti-heroin? You have to answer these questions, Brandy. You can't, you, you can't just... Dodge every question I ask you. You have to take a stand. I'm, I, you know, I'm anti-heroin. I feel like that's, yeah, I'm anti-heroin. Um, I think you're judge, being a little judgmental. And I, I have, don't, here's the thing. We have a lot of heroin users that listen to this show. Well, we I, might. I think you're judging. But here's the thing that I don't understand mm-hmm. is that, you know, to use heroin, I mean, it takes a lot of effort I mean, you got to find the belt to put around your arm. You got to, you know, find a syringe. You got to, or you know, something to smoke. I mean, it's just, it feels like a lot of work when you could just eat a gummy and you know, I get it that they're probably different highs, but I don't know. Heroin just seems like a whole lot of work. 
to uh, yeah to I, do. I think they are <laughs> I think they are different highs I've heard that I think it's, it's the, the throwing up that really makes things different to me generally with the heroin you you vomit a little bit and it's uh it's not well, a sexy drug to me you vomit a little bit in your mouth but you don't lose your teeth like uh, meth no you don't no well, you don't but is... you don't get the house clean on heroin either no, uh, Matt, no. You well, you don't get that trailer clean real good. You so we have listeners out. I'm, I'm sure we have listeners that. who have used heroin before, and they're probably laughing right now. Well, mm-hmm. and and all that may be, but you know, and the thing is, you know, those heroin users are, you know, go getters because again, you can't just buy heroin anywhere. I guess you got to go find a guy and you know buy it, and do whatever. Yeah, you got you got to find the man. Yeah, you got to find the guy. Yeah. But I mean, again, it just feels like it's just so much work to get that shit because you got to cook it. Well, and, and then you're kind, of, and then you're kind, of, you're almost automatically addicted to it after you take it. I heard, like right? The, fir- the first high is like the best feeling in the world, and you never, and then you never. Well, get that's it why they again. call it chasing Ch- a dragon. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like crack to me. The first mm-hmm. time you do crack, you just crack is whack. Once you go crack, you never go back. Really. Me. And I also understand cocaine because I would not want to amp up myself any more than I'm already amped up. You are. It only amps you up, up a little bit, Timmy. It only amps you up a little bit, but but it gives you this feeling of, uh, and and I've just heard this from other people. Uh huh. Um, it it gives you this feeling of, uh, uh, goddamn, like you're Superman. You know how you have a few beers and you think. That guy six foot eight over there in the bar, I could whip his ass. You know, I could whip his ass, carry him to his car, whatever. You know, I could but leave with cocaine. You get the house clean. With cocaine, you just feel like I you mean, you can clean. hear the birds chirp so clearly, and it's a uh, and it feels like you you got fire in your veins, and it's I mean, so this that is just would, what I've been told. That would be your drug of choice if you if you were an addict. It'd be cocaine. Oh, it'd be cocaine to me. It'd Brandy, what would be your drug of choice if you were an addict? Uh, I'm not. You I'm have not to choose a, something. If, Forced choice. Why do I have you to know? choose one? Well, you, I just, you, I don't, you're going to well, be no, a I mean, poly I, user. Yeah, an equal opportunity. I don't uh, want, heroin's a lot of work. Cocaine, I don't really. You would take the Percocets and Oxycontins, devil. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, that I would, mean, that's, that that's would a, be my Those thing. are opiates, so. Yeah. You're, just one, you're just one step from heroin. Um, uh, Maybe, but it's a, it's a, it, for me, it would be a very, very, um, it would take a hell of a lot for me to make that step. But can't you but snort I don't, heroin? You know, can't you snort it, Chuck? You can, you can snort can. it if you like, yeah. Ugh. You well, that wouldn't be a lot of real good kick from it, I hear. No, you don't. I, I have enough sinus problems. Like I try to keep my body, my body, you know, the colonel body of Temple to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Well, we do Full. not encourage drug use. I want to say that. We're, <laughs> that we have that a temple. <laughs> that temple's full of freaking Coke Zero and butterscotch discs. <laughs> we are so, uh, such we, a temple. We uh, here at the History Dweebs podcast, we have a substance abuse policy. So we, do, we have a zero tolerance. You policy. said zero. You said problem wrong. 
right. So we're not, we don't want to make love, uh, light of heroin use, but she Nancy started taking heroin at 16. She found mm. herself arrested and expelled from the University of Colorado, go Buffaloes, uh, <laughs> after buying drugs from an undercover cop, Colonel. They First tricked of all, her. It's, it's no big shock that she, you know, goes to heroin when she's been taking, probably taking phenobarbital, a few drops on her tongue or whatever, since she was three months old. Well, no shock that she moves on to heroin. They should have gave her that laudlin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Put a couple drops of that stuff. on your tongue. Yeah. Yeah. That's some good stuff right there. I wish they still made it. I know. I wonder if there's a recipe for it on the internet. Probably. I had Dilaudid in the hospital, and that I mean, was it's amazing. A, it, it's an opiate, uh, too, right? Do you know, this is a true story, Devil. Okay. I had Dilaudid and Bursid before my colonoscopy. Didn't yeah. do anything to me. Nothing at all. Well, morphine and, wasn't hitting my pain, so they gave me Dilaudid, and that was They gave amazing. me morphine. I've had... Some of the opiates have no effect on me. The So then they gave me another dose of each... And still nothing. I mean, I, Wait a minute. I was just Wait a minute. my well, neg- but, but, regular self. Why are they giving you Dilaudid before a colonoscopy? Uh, they try to just knock you out. Right. But I think that they probably use, you know, fentanyl or gas or whatever. They don't just use Dilaudid. Jesus no, Christ. They, what back alley did you go to for your colonoscopy? Dilaudid and uh Because the alley behind docks is not the place. The dock. I'm sorry. Uh, the know, alley behind was, the dock is not the place for a colon. It was seventy nine dollars, Devil. It was seventy nine dollars with the key. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, it's okay. a true story. I had two doses of Dilaudid and Bursid, and when it was done, I got. I mean, I watched the whole colonoscopy, and when they was done, they said, "Well, it takes you, you know, when you recover from this." And I, I got out of the bed and walked a straight line, you know, with the tiles. And I said the drugs have done nothing to me, and and nurse was, although you know I have a I have a uh, otherworldly constitution. Well, so and you clearly have a high to tolerance for butthole pain. <laughs> well, actually, I mean, so, you I don't mean, really feel that. I don't really want to explore that with you because it feels like if you stayed up and watched the whole thing and were perfectly fine, that means that you know that your O ring is extremely flexible. And they just are shoving tubes up there, and it doesn't even. You don't feel you. anything. You don't feel Colonel, anything. I the mean, only thing you feel is when they blow you up with gas. That's uncomfortable. You've had a colonoscopy, haven't you, Devil? No. Well, nope, I'm haven't? not there yet. Nope, not there oh, yet. Okay. I had one, and I woke up during the procedure. They knocked. They knocked me out, and then I woke up during the procedure, and I don't know. The doctor and the nurse were talking about their weekend or whatever. And I just started joining, talking, joining their conversation. <laughs> I was out of my mind. Well, yeah. you know, but you didn't get up and walk around. And you were probably a little uncomfortable with the camera and everything being up your butt. But clearly you don't Chuck feel was it. not. Which, they blow you so, they fill yeah, you up with CO2. It's like you're watching someone else. Yeah. Whatever. They can um, knock me out. I'm don't kink shame us, devil. Don't kink shame me. If it didn't bother well, I, me, it didn't bother me. But Colonel, just, that's a, that's concerning because if a war breaks out, I'd be concerned if 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 uh, morphine doesn't work on you. I'd be concerned if you're you know because you lead you know you're always at the front. 
you you you're the first man in, the last man out. Uh, I'd be concerned about you, Colonel. Well, somebody well, now, was the first man in Percocet, because he didn't feel his Percocet colonoscopy. Worked well, um, that works well for me. What does perks? Oh, Percocet. Percocet. Okay, all right. Well, anyway, Whatever. Nancy gets kicked out of the University of Colorado. Go Buffaloes! Go Buffaloes! Uh, and uh, she in her dorm room. Her dorm room was full of stolen property. Yeah, from other students. She stole from other students. Her fellow students, Brandy, you fucking clepto. Out. Well, that's bullshit. I I hate a thief. I really do. Well, but she's a drug addict, so you have to give her a break. Yeah. I don't. I really don't. <laughs> I hate a thief. I don't. You know, very few times if somebody's stealing something to feed their family, I get that. But this is just bullshit. No, she's feeding. She didn't her. have it. No, she clearly wasn't because it was all in her dorm room. Well, that's what it was intended for. She's a, she was. You don't addict. know what it was intended for. Listen, to she you, was you given drugs around. when she was born, and I now know. she has an addiction, and she has to support that addiction somehow. So she did it. It's still bullshit. I hate stealing a from other students. What students hate have? They can't have much. Well, no, not in the sixties, probably. After the uh, fiasco in Colorado. That rhymed. Nancy nice. Nancy attempted suicide and spent some time in a mental hospital. Of course, you can relate to that, Brandy. No, but Chuck Cannon, I don't want to hear the story again, so keep it moving. Nancy's parents did everything in their power to save their daughter. Meanwhile, yeah. meanwhile they had two very typical children who were often on the receiving end of Nancy's Violent outburst. Your thoughts on that, Brandy? Sounds like somebody just needed to whoop her ass. Well, Frank and Deborah did their best for Nancy, uh, but eventually they had to uh, do the best thing for themselves and their other children and let Nancy go her own way. Yep. Yep. Nancy fled to New York City. New York City. Took you a while. And landed right. New York City. And landed right in the middle of a heroin epidemic, Brandy. Your thoughts on that? Well, if yeah. you're going to be a heroin addict, that's where you want to go. Yes. To support her addiction, she became a topless dancer and worked as a prostitute, Colonel. Well, you know, she's making an honest living to me. Yes. Well, I think so as well. We have a lot, a lot of our listeners are prostitutes. She is. Uh, she was known amongst. We got punk- a dancer or two there. Yeah, oh. she was known amongst punk rock bands as a groupie who could score drugs. That's the best kind of groupie to have, Colonel. Quite the reputation. If you're gonna have one, if anybody want to be the Colonel groupie, um, they don't. Well, just uh, I'll let you know how there, there's certain requirements, expectations, and one is that you. No, every every town has a spider, you know, where you can get all your pharmaceutical needs met. And a uh, spider. Part of being a Colonel Groupie is knowing how to locate spider anywhere you're at, Timmy. Oh, my God. Nancy developed an infatuation with uh, Jerry Nolan of the Heartbreakers. Familiar with the Heartbreakers, Colonel? Mm-hmm. 
Heartbreaker, dream maker. Wait a minute, like Tom Love Petty? Take it, don't you? I think it's don't like come around here. No like Tom more. Petty and, <laughs> and the Heartbreakers? I'm pretty sure it's not around Tom Petty. here no more. Most I, girls, most girls, uh, most girls at that age uh, had, what the hell did I write? Most girls that age crushed on their favorite celebrities. I mean, Colonel, you you realize that. I mean, you have that problem. You have groupies. Few uh, abandoned. Yeah, uh, a few, a few, Timmy. But you know, the Colonel doesn't have as many groupies as you think. Uh, well, I, in in one, I'm pretty selective. Um, I don't think you can be um, and, selective about groupies. Now, the Heartbreakers was it not Tom Petty's group? Just so we're clear on that. Yeah, this they is were, a punk rock uh, group. Yeah, punk rock group. They was uh, they they play with Johnny Thunders. You know that Johnny I Thunders didn't. and the Heartbreakers. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, he did some. He was a drummer. He did some work with the New York Dolls, if you remember them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. did he? Uh, this was did he know my time? Debra Harry yeah. Colonel. Yeah, he didn't Debra. live all that long. He died when he was like forty six years old. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. He, he he wasn't long for this world either, Timmy. Well, you know, a lot of a lot of punk rockers live a very fast life. Much like mm-hmm. yourself, Colonel. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, uh, you, you live hard and whatever, and it, you know, you try to try to do the best you can. But Nancy, unlike most groupies, I mean, most groupies are a little obsessive, but uh, Nancy was even more so. She abandoned her life in pursuit of a relationship. Uh, so she was really into the Heartbreakers. And uh, that was in New York City, as I mentioned. What am I at? Where am I at, Brandy? Okay, so she was um, a few abandoned their lives in pursuit of a relationship. 
Right. And right. Nancy planned to do whatever it took to insert herself into their world. Yes, she became a fixture at New York's venues, such as CBGB's, which I have been to, and Max Kansas City, which I have not been to. Have you been to CBGB's, Colonel? Um, I've been there, Timmy. I've been there. Oh my God, you have not. You don't know I walk, where I've been, Devil. I walk you don't by know where there. I've been. You're from the West Side. I've got good ideas of where you've been. Uh, Ted and I were in New York, and we we stopped by there, but it was like in the afternoon, and the door was open, so we just walked on in. Because we just want we wanted to buy a T-shirt. Walked in like you own the place, <laughs> and uh, we can can we get a. Uh, we get a t-shirt and the guy says uh we're a nightclub we're only open at night <laughs> so i was like oh, fucking excuse me so anyway see until this point nancy was a, uh, but you know deborah harry played there the ramones uh until this point nancy was a humdrum kind of girl with mousy brown hair and a few extra pounds not attractive but she didn't not have attractive not she wasn't unattractive. unattractive. <laughs> Not unattractive. That's a double negative. But uh-huh. she didn't have the same look as the other groupies, if you know what I mean, Colonel. Uh-huh. I know what you mean, Timmy. She didn't but have she, tatas. But she didn't want that look. She was if her, you want to be a good groupie, the tatas help, Timmy. Well, wouldn't you she say? didn't want that. She didn't, yeah, yeah, but she didn't want that look. She, she wanted her own look. In New York, uh, Nancy began... Her metamorphosis from a frumpy wannabe into a punk legend, Colonel. She mm-hmm. became uh, proof of bleach. She became a puff of what did I say that? Puff. I of don't know. Bleach How about blonde, perf- bleach blonde she, hair and ugh. smeared makeup, clothed in torn fishnets and gaudy an- animal prints. Well, you gotta love a woman in wearing gaudy animal prints, Colonel. Well, and oh, smeared, yeah. smeared night after walk of shame makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sick. You know, she wasn't really an unattractive woman to me. I mean, she was mm-hmm. right. You know, she was. I mean, she was. She was one that your eleven o'clock, eight beers in. You know, Timmy. She starts to look like eleven mm, o'clock. Not so bad. And then it becomes midnight, and she's looking like she might be a six and a half or a seven. Then come two in the morning, she's right up to at eight and a half or nine, Timmy. So, what happens at nine in the morning? At nine in the morning, she go right back to being a two, Timmy. And we're <laughs> going to talk about this. We got some life coaching um, questions, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later. But, uh, yeah, that's, you know, yeah. you wake up with the smear. When you go to bed with the smeared makeup, imagine what you look like in the morning. Yeah, ah! it's not you know, Not a pretty sight, I'm sure. That, that gets anyway, blood pressure going. Nancy surrounded herself with people who looked and spoke like she did. But she did not find the acceptance that she craved. The New York crowd thought Nancy tried too hard. and She um, was a poser, her, Timmy. They found her personality too intense. And, well, they should have given hmm. her a little, little droplets on her tongue. And yeah, even, we should have just got her to do the podcast. <laughs> Some of them even found her stomach-turning, Brandy. They referred to her as Nauseating Nancy. That's quite the nickname. Yeah. Well, when the uh, Heartbreakers went to London, Nancy followed them. 
But unfortunately uh, for her, Jerry Nolan made it abundantly clear that he had no interest in her. They kind of dumped her as soon as they got to London. Um, But anyway, Nancy still enjoyed uh, the London crowd. She made new friends, and she decided to stay in London. Uh, Nancy was, of all things, uh, quintessentially punk rock. She was unapologetic, abrasive, opinionated, and prone to fits of violence. Well, I'm all those things, and I don't even (laughs) like punk rock. The uh, London punk rock scene asked Nancy to stop uh, raging against life. Uh, They all got together, and they... They had an intervention, and he said, Nancy, please stop raging against life. They didn't really entirely accept her in the London crowd. Um, She did not have the same gritty and impoverished upbringing that her U.K. counterparts shared. Her family was an upper-middle-class, affluent Jewish-American family. She was obnoxious and loud with a terrible pretend British accent. Now, what do you think about that, Brandy? What do you think about people with uh, terrible accents, pretend accents? Yeah, they just try too hard. Like, yeah, I, what, just, I mean, why no couldn't a girl just be herself? Why does she have to put on as and try to be something different? You know, get a fake accent and yeah, act like she's not who she really is. That, that that's a, that's heartbreaking, Timmy. I don't people accept you for who anyway, you are. But whatever. Well, Nancy. you wouldn't, devil, because you're not the colonel. Oh, okay. Um, I, I, see, I, and I got to turn my, I got to turn the volume on my computer off because right now my my DMs are just lighting up because they're wondering if we're recording right now. Are you recording, Colonel? Am I going to get to hear you this week? And it's, uh, uh-huh. it's, you know, it, I mean, I don't, it, I do it for the people. I do it for the people. Well, and and, and uh, Brandy, we cannot. We cannot judge him because he's he's a colonel and they have it's like they're like the uh, Masons, right? The Freemasons. They have their own little secret society, the colonels, and uh, he's a 33 degree colonel. And that's the highest you can get. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like that. Don't you don't don't you have high levels in Mormons? Don't Mormons have higher levels? I don't know. I, I, You're not a I very good so. Mormon, devil. You're not I'm a very not. good Christian. I'm not a very good Mormon, but I've never pretended to be a good Mormon. So you know, I mean, at it, it, its most base, and uh, you're not a very good person. Well, and, and that is I, up for debate. But well, I, I'm I just saying the things that the the things that and and you, the things that traditionally people look for in good people, you know, like compassion, compassion, kindness, uh um not threatening to kill people all the time. Uh those are those are kind of the things that come in the package of a good person and uh, those well, are and things you're lacking a, a little bit, devil. Just a little bit. A a good person normally don't sleep with their economics professor. Let's leave it oh. at that. Wow. Well a, really? a good person would have got an A. Yeah. Would have got an A. Uh-huh. See, got that's a, your problem. Even when plus. you, even when you was doing it with the economics, bro, you just couldn't put the effort into it, devil. No, she was up looking at uh, the ceiling mm-hmm. and 
Yeah, oh, reading yes. Mademoiselle I've, magazine, Fallen and I've Nails. already quit listening to you two. Oh, you don't want this shit. Come on, sweetie. Hurry up, sweetie. You got class. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got <laughs> I got American uh-huh. history, Professor. I got to do next. Go on. Uh huh. <laughs> well, Brandy, you made it through college. That's That's the important thing. She uh-huh. made it through the rain and kept herself protected. She made mm-hmm. it through the... You know, I know way too many Barry Manilow songs. <laughs> it's starting to concern me. Mm-hmm. You think he was gay, Brandy? Barry Manilow? Barry yeah. Manilow? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... Well, I he, he sung was. Mandy. He didn't sing Randy. Oh, okay. But so. you know what, Brandy? There is somebody out there. There's one man out there, Brandy, who says you're a fine girl. Oh, a fine girl. She, what, what a, a great good wife you would be. But, you know, he had to There's leave her for a body of water. Yeah. Uh-huh. But he did but give he her had, that little he, had, he did give her that little necklace. He gave her the locket and he had locket, always yeah. told the truth, Lord. Okay, it was you know what I don't understand? Man. We're talking about punk rock and you all are singing Looking Glass and Barry Manilow. Can we just <laughs> Hey you know, Devil, you know what I'd like you to do, Timmy, you do You know, this Barry too. Manilow was only look, an addiction away from being a punk rocker. Yeah. Look at when you get a chance, look up Looking Glass. Brandy on YouTube because oh, yeah, the singer song. is not at all what you would think. He's like this, I don't know, six foot tall, 140 pound. You know, I'm, I'm, I've always heard that song. I'm expecting, you know, a little kind of a husky lumberjackish kind of guy, uh-huh. you know, a solid guy. And he, he's got this deep voice, you know, this baritone and it's coming from this just real tiny wisp of a, a man. It just surprised me. Your thoughts on that, Brandy? I don't care. That's my thought. All right. See, you so, can't be educated. You can't be educated, devil. Nancy made no bones about the fact that she was a prostitute and a junkie. Made no bones at all, Brandy. I love that about I, her. I'm not she, shocked I mean, by she, that. She was an honest woman. Own it. Mm-hmm. Own it. Uh, yeah. heroin was her drug of choice and it was not readily available, uh, in the UK as it was in New York. Uh, so Nancy spent her first six months in London, dope sick and staying at a friend's house. See, I don't get that. How are you going to be dope sick for six months? Aren't you just dope sick while you go through the withdrawals? Well, I think I think she's probably getting a little bit of it, and then, oh, and then withdrawing and, and yeah. taking and using and withdrawing. Yeah. All right. Uh, when she eventually secured a drug dealer, she used heroin to wigger her way into the inner circles. Yeah. So she's using the drugs to get in, getting good. She could not do it uh, using sex, so Damn. she brought. Bought the drugs. How bad was she at this sex thing, Timmy? Well, you know, she's got the smeared makeup going on, the torn fishnets. I mean, I said, look, there's, there are porn well, yeah, I mean, obnoxious. Think, well, she was obnoxious, and that will, that, nothing will kill a boner. It's in the book. Nothing. I, I got a whole section dedicated to boner killing, 
And, that will uh, make uh, blue and limp, Colonel. Yeah, make you blue and limp, and and you know sometimes being obnoxious will do it. But her access to drugs, if she couldn't be what men wanted, she became what they needed. How do you like that little oh, turn of phrase? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was nice, Timmy. Well, I'm going yeah. to turn this over to Brandy, and she's going to tell us about her budding romance with a young rocker named Sid Vicious. Okay. I'm, when I say Can't she, wait. I meant Sam, uh, meant Nancy, not Brandy. Not Brandy. Right. All right, so it was around this time that Nancy began to follow an established English band called the Sex Pistols and met the great love of her life, Sid Vicious. God save the Queen. Yes. This is is, Mm -hmm. where I have to step in and give a disclaimer from the Colonel. Okay. There has never, in the history of music, been a more overrated band than the Sex Pistols. I mean, they was just... They was terrible. They they embraced the aesthetics of punk, but not the ethos of punk, Timmy. Yeah, and I've, I've I've heard that uh, he was a terrible bass player too. Like he's been really criticized for his musical talents or lack. Well, of they talent. had no musical talent, and that was the whole thing. And no, I mean Johnny so Rotten was pretty good. If you're gonna go to if if you're gonna go to you know because our listeners some of them are younger and they might not know about it but uh, always go with the Clash you can't go yeah. wrong with the Clash to me yeah so but I, like I, the Ramones. I the Ramones were good the Ramones were good they weren't the Clash they weren't Joe Strummer well no they weren't the Clash okay you so, know one of my happiest days oh my was God. Taylor was home for Christmas. And I think I may have put a picture up on Facebook. And just by coincidence, Taylor, you know, jumps in the shower. He gets ready. Logan, he comes down. He jumps in the shower, gets ready. They walk down. They haven't seen each other all morning. And Logan has on a Clash Sandinista T-shirt. And Taylor has on a Clash London Calling T-shirt. So they clash. I was just just, clash. (laughs) I was just so proud. I thought, you know what? I I know it's not Springsteen T-shirts, but, you know. I felt like I was I had done something right as a parent. No, it's about time. Yeah. Okay. So validated. Good. So um in the mid seventies the Sex Pistols repulsed parents and captivated their fans across the UK. On the base was punk rock poster boy Sid Vicious. Now for here's the thing, there are very few really talented bass players. So, I mean, I imagine, because doesn't the bass have, like, four fucking strings on it? He didn't even know how to play pluck it. away. Yeah, he yeah. didn't know how to play. <laughs> So, it was probably, you know, so the bass was perfect. Um, Sid was born John Simon Ritchie on May 10th, 1957, in South London. Oh, on my birthday. Sid's Happy childhood, birthday, Brandy. Oh, thank you. Uh, Sid's childhood contrasted starkly to Nancy's. Sid's father was a guard at Buckingham Palace, and his mother was a drug-smuggling hippie named Anne. While Nancy's parents spent their spent her wonder years proactively trying to save her life, Sid's father vanished, and his mother took him on trips to Spain, where she would hide drugs in the child's diaper to sneak it over the border. Ooh, that's not Colonel. That's a that's clever. That's ingenious. That's diabolical, but it's ingenious. 
Well, no one's going to stick their hand. No one's going to stick their hand down a baby's diaper. Mm-hmm. Well, right. When Sid was a teen, Andy yes, was more of a drug buddy to Sid than a mom. So, all right. Great. So she's running with her mom, who's also a heroin addict. He's his, running with he, his mom. His mom is yes. a heroin addict. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, she was. They were doing hashish. Hashish. Uh huh. Um, evidently, Nancy is the one that introduced Sid to heroin. How about that? Well, I mean, uh, Nancy's when, mom introduced her to drugs, too. Well, that's true. Uh, when fate placed Sid and Nancy in each other's paths, it smelled, it spelled death for both of them. Dun-dun-dun. Yes. Most of the band members... Have you ever done hashish, Nancy. devil? No. Hashish is, um, is basically... Uh, it's cannabis on steroids. It, it gets, I was going to uh, say, it's like pot, right? Crushed. It, it is, basically, and it gets crushed together. And uh, you'll get it in these little cubes. And you, you smoke it in a pipe. And uh, you did it, it, you will did it leave when you, you were in Nam? Yeah, it will literally leave you sitting in a chair, not moving for hours. I mean, it will just... I don't like that. It will cripple you. It will yeah, cripple you. I don't want to do that. Um, so anyway, so most of the band members despise Nancy, but Sid found I've her heard. brand... I've heard. Okay. Uh, but Sid found her brand of realness and grit appealing. You know, here's a little side story about Sid Vicious, Colonel. I know you're appreciating. Sid does not appear to be very smart. Well, he... When he was uh, playing for, with the Sex Pistols, he met Chrissy Hind of the Pretenders. Yeah. And she was trying to stay in the country. So she wanted Sid to marry her just so that she could get a working visa. But he refused to do that. So there you go. They're from yeah. Ohio. You know she, Pretenders who she from ended Ohio. up with, Timmy? Huh? You know who she ended up with? Who? Ray Davies from the Kinks. And what do you... What number would you like to sing from the Pretenders, Colonel? Back on the chain gang. Back on the <laughs> chain gang. I like that song right. she does for Akron. And she they're from Akron, is that right, Colonel? They are. Yeah. yeah. So Sid was already strung out on drugs as much as Nancy was, and the pair became became joined at the hip. And by midsummer they moved into Sid's mother's apartment together. Sid and Nancy forged a passionate relationship, peppered with bouts of violence and abuse from both parties. Well, I mean, that's love. That is love. If, if there's uh, not some abuse, it's not real love. If there's no trauma <laughs> bonding in that, there's no well, love. Right. Well, and so, and here's the thing. I, this, this is kind of a weird sentence, so I'm just going to say it. Nancy taught Sid about making love and the art of being vicious. Oh, the art of being vicious. But she didn't teach him the art of making love. She didn't. Well. But she did. Well. She did. It says so right there. Well, he. And then. But what is the art of being vicious? Well, I think what my point was, she was, she was angry. She was violent. And he had that moniker, right? But she's the one who taught him that. You know, taught him how to be vicious. Well, 
I mean, Sid it was only a, quality... a name until she trained him, basically. I see. Sid brought out a quality in Nancy that baffled those who knew her best. Are you questioning my she... writing, Brandy? Because it sounds like I you, would never. It feels like you are. I'm not. Um, would you became... question? Would you? Would you question Faulkner? Would or you question Hemingway? Shakespeare? Shakespeare? Would you question? Would you question Will? No, I don't think so. Don't question okay. Timmy. So let's see. I've written how many Colonel three hundred and forty scripts. Sorry, I had many, someone how many, say how many did Brandy write, Colonel? I'm confused. Zero. Oh, how many did I write, Timmy? You wrote a couple. Yeah. I'll yeah, go you, team. you wrote that one about the guy running wild or whatever it was. The Canadian yeah, and guy. the Saban one. Don't forget the Saban one. What was the sec- What was the other one? The polio one. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jonas Salk. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so classic. Nancy, that's a yes. History dweebs classic. Yes. Uh, so she became nurturing to me. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it was like a half page script, and we still <laughs> we still went an hour on it. <laughs> Like, right, wasn't it like a page long? Yeah, yeah. Or something? His Maybe whole two? point was he didn't t- ex- he didn't do a patent because he wanted to give it to humanity. Right. And, right, right, right. And that was it. There was no other. Well, you know, you think about these vaccines that they're giving out now to me, and, and uh, countries are begging them, could you please give us, release the patent and the copyright and everything else on it? And they're saying no. Even though, you know, we as taxpayers have funded these vaccines, they get a patent, they get to sell them to, you know, these poor countries, and, and there's something wrong with that. And if I were the colonel and the colonel would have come up with a vaccine, I would have just said, you know what? It's yours. It would be like Jonas Salk. I would be, or Sabin, and or, just giving it away. <laughs> so it was, all right, I'm confused. Is it Jonas Salk or? Well, Salk. Salk developed the it's first Peter one Falk. that you got a shot, and then Sabin got the oral one, oh, you know, okay. where you just drank it. Well, let me say this, Colonel. Uh, I know you re- you wrote that episode, and you wrote, I think you wrote another one about. Yeah, I did write another one, yeah. Yeah, I think you guys did two or three, so I will give you credit. You, I, w- I didn't do all of them, but Brandy shouldn't criticize me because I've done 340, so. There. She has never put pen to paper, Timmy, for this show. Do not question my pen, Brandy. Are we are we done? Are you yeah. done with that? Yeah. Okay. Back to Sid right, and Nancy. So, yeah, back to Sid and Nancy. So she became nurturing in her own twisted way, and it was clear that Sid had fallen head over heels in love with Nancy. Well, I mean, who wouldn't fall in love with some frumpy woman, dishwater right. hair? Obnoxious, smeared makeup, smeared sure, sure, makeup, sure. torn, um, drug out, right? Fish, fish, fishnet stockings, right? I like fishnet so, stockings though; they're kind of hot. Okay, I so, like them with little Sid, tears in them, Timmy. Yeah. <sighs> mm-hmm. So Sid's bandmates, however, including a guy named Johnny Fucking Rotten, could not stand Nancy. When Johnny Rotten can't stand you, well, mm, you know, anyway. He might be doing. Neil Young right. wrote a song about him. Did, has mm-hmm. Neil Young wrote a song about you, Brandy? Yeah, 
I don't know. Let's, I think Heart let's of Gold be, is about me. Let's be a little slow to criticize. I don't think Heart of Gold. Give us a little I, Neil Young, Colonel. I think Heart of Gold the is about is me. The king is gone, but he's not forgotten. Give us a little old man, okay. Colonel. Rotten Johnny. This is a story uh, of Johnny Rotten. Rotten Johnny. Rotten Colonel, how Johnny. about a little old man? Old man, take a look at my life. I'm a lot like you were. How'd that yes. uh, I mean, you know, there's wet pennies all over Dweebdom <laughs> now. Continue. Are you all bad? Okay, great. Um, they felt that Nancy was loud, rude, and a terrible influence on Sid. How could you be so uh, bad as to be a bad influence on the sex pistols? On Sid Vicious. <laughs> well, he yeah. wasn't into heroin until she showed up. She, yeah. So they felt like she was bad news to the band and all that they were trying to accomplish. She was kind of the Yoko Ono of the sex pistols. Well, she was three Yoko Onos in a trench coat is what yeah. she was. She was just really just not great. So the Sex Pistols' tour of America began in early 1978. Their manager, Malcolm McLaren, made it clear Nancy was not welcome, and she was furious. Oh, that'll, Nancy, piss, that'll piss a girl off. Yes. Nancy was persona non grata amongst Sid's friends, and she didn't know anyone else. Uh, people only tolerated her because Sid was around, and now he was in her home country, and she in his. I don't know what that means. Okay, so Sid Sid didn't think much of the U.S. at first. It was boring. Must been in, they must have been in Ohio. Uh, their manager, Malcolm, in his infinite wisdom, booked them in the most unlikely of locales. Specifically, Malcolm had the band tour the Deep South, Bible Belt and <laughs> Texas. Yeah. For fuck's yeah, sake. I don't see that sex pistols going over well Wait in Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> who who knows nothing about the United States for two hundred, Alex? Freebird! Freebird yeah. God. Um but they eventually ended up in San Francisco. Um no, that's but better. of course yeah, well, the American crowds were not fully ready for the angsty distorted around Oh, I'm sorry, distorted sound the band made famous in the UK. The entire tour was a series of shit shows that usually ended in brawls, much like this podcast. Uh, by the time they made it to the West Coast, Sid had found the one thing he enjoyed about the US, the really good heroin. Horse. Da, da, da. Yeah. He, he Sid's, liked the horse. Sid's addiction. Devil. He was Sid's riding a horse. Yes, dragon. Sid's addiction became a sore point with his band members, who were surprisingly straight-laced in this regard. Yeah, Johnny they, Rotten was surprisingly straight-laced yeah. about drugs. He was like a Boy Scout. Yeah. Without Nancy around to do so, they had to babysit Sid, and that alone was a full-time job. The Sex Pistols played their last show on January 14, 1978, at Winterland Ballroom in San Francisco. Sid, who never could play his instrument, showed up high and acting arrogant. Singer Johnny Rotten abruptly closed the concert with one question. Ever get the feeling you've been cheated and stormed off the stage? 
I looked the that sex up. pistols. Yeah. I looked that up on YouTube. You can. It's, there's a video of it out there. He looks really pissed. I bet he is. <laughs> and jo- and you know Sid's probably standing there not knowing what the fuck he's talking about. Well, well who pissed uh, him off? But I mean, if I, if the audience is. <laughs> you know. Well, the the audience had to be furious. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Sex Pistols officially disbanded shortly after. So Nancy. This seems like a real what could go wrong here. Nancy appointed herself the manager of Sid Vicious solo artist. Oh. Sid Vicious, who cannot play an instrument. Sid Vicious, who cannot sing, is now a solo artist. And as his manager, she thought Sid would get more work in the States than he could in London. She tried to rebrand him, and she didn't do a terrible job. Uh, but, you know, again, Sid couldn't play the bass, uh, but he could carry a tune. I'm sure he really could. Sid and Nancy moved into room 100 at the Chelsea Hotel, former residents of such greats as Arthur Miller and Mark Twain. Yeah, I think— I, I uh, don't know. Dylan Thomas Sid, died there, didn't he? Is that where Dylan Thomas died, Colonel? Look, mm-hmm. Write that down. Get it your is. assistant to yeah. look that up. Well— yeah, it's a, you know, it's kind of the East Coast, you know, the Cecil Hotel in L.A., you know, how it's got yeah. its reputation. The Chelsea is yeah. similar in New York. In New York. Yeah, it has its... And what I love about all this is we're saying, you know, that Sid and Nancy moved in there. And, you know, other people that stayed there were Arthur Miller, who was, you know... He was sleeping with Marilyn Arthur Monroe. Miller, whatever. And Mark Twain... Who, by the way, first of all, the fact that Sid and Nancy are even in the same sentence as those two is fascinating. But anyway, so they hold up and attempted to go straight, sort of. The room became their love nest as well as a drug den where all manner of dealers and users congregated. That doesn't seem like they're going straight very well. We had a— They located— We had a hotel in uh, my—resident hotel in my hometown. The Hearth yeah. Hotel, I think it was the Hearth, and yeah, it was just like transients live there and drunk alcoholics and drug users, prostitutes. Sounds amazing. See, Very and nice. you don't have, we don't have those hotels anymore, Timmy. No, we well, and that's why you got problems homeless because yeah, you know, because we used to. Now we have Holiday Inns at one hundred and twenty-eight dollars a night. Yeah. What kind of good drug drug addict can afford one of those? Well, you're not li- if you can, you're not living your life right. We need the cheap sleeping rooms that Johnny Cash yeah. used to sleep yeah. in. Yeah, so I'm telling you. Brandy, that uh, the Chelsea Hotel has a reputation of being haunted. I think when you did the Haunted Visions, I think we did an episode on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so they located a methadone clinic and took their medicine. Uh, But they didn't stop taking the street drugs that included heroin and other opiates, which is the point of methadone. So, good job. On October 12, 1978, the switchboard operator at the Chelsea Hotel received a phone call from an outside line. There's trouble in room 100, the caller declared and hung up. A second call came in before the bellman could make his way up to the room. Someone is sick, need help. Okay. The night before, Sid recalled falling asleep around 1 a.m. He last remembered Nancy sitting at the edge of the bed toying with a knife. They'd just had a fight that included Sid hitting Nancy and Nancy hitting Sid. 
the healthy relationships just keep on keeping on. Yeah, it doesn't seem like uh, a, a uh, appropriate uh, expression of love. Love. Yeah. Witnesses say he ingested copious amounts of the strong seg- sedative. Is it tunol? Tunol, I think. Tunol. Okay, and passed out. He woke from his tunol stupor around 10.30 that morning. He initially thought he had peed on himself, which that's never my initial thought if I w- – whatever. <laughs> oh, damn. I um, peed on myself again. Again. Uh, but quickly realized that the wetness he felt was blood. Ah. Now, see, when you when you think you done peed on yourself and you reach down in your crotch area – and you come up with a bloody hand print. It's uh, that's disturbing. <laughs> it's yeah, disturbing. Well, yeah. So, anyway, so old boy, I love this next little couple of sentences. It's just ridiculous. So he stumbles to the bathroom, and he found Nancy sitting on the floor beneath the sink with a stab wound in her belly. According to Sid, she was still breathing at the time. And he didn't think she was dying, so he went ahead and went to the methadone clinic. Oh, yeah. And yeah, while he, he was had to gone, get his methadone. I mean, well, and while he was gone, Nancy bled to death. So here is my question: Before we move on, uh-huh. is so you walk in the bathroom to actually probably go pee, and your the love of your life is sitting is slumped beneath the sink with a stab wound in her belly. And you sit there. I mean, do you look at her and go, "Hey, what's going on? What happened there?" Well, I mean, yeah, I'm going to run down to the corner and get, you know, I'm going to go get some methadone, and I'll pick you up a bagel. Does that sound good? I mean, well, just yeah, he, he probably stopped a, at Dunkin', yeah. he probably stopped at Dunkin' Donuts, but yeah, but uh, it's he probably logical. stopped at Starbucks to get him a latte before sure. he it's, sure. to it's, it's logical when you think about it, Brandy, because he found her; she was bleeding. She had a knife wound. He knew that the police were going to get involved. Now, do you stay there until the, the police arrive, the emergency squad arrives? By that point, you're going through withdrawals. So, okay, first of all. So he did what, a logical thing. He went down and got his methadone. No, it was going to cover him for a little bit because he, you know, he probably go, had to go in for questioning and all that. And he had to think clearly. He had to be clear-headed, yeah. and he couldn't do that. Okay, first of all, methanol. you two are ridiculous. He asked her if he wanted if she wanted a bagel, and then he went down to the corner and got a, you know got a bagel and some coffees and methadone, and then went back and his methadone, and then went back to the room, and in a panic, because actually when he got back, I guess he decided to panic. Um, oops. Um, Sid washed the knife of blood and attempted to clean Nancy up. When he couldn't clean her up, oh, okay, when he couldn't clean her up, that's when he called for help. I see. Fuck. Uh, He wasn't there when the bellman came up and found Nancy lifeless and clad in a a black bra and panties. Uh, The police later found him pacing the halls, confused, and seemingly unsure of the events leading up to this point. And they, and they went ahead and arrested him. Um, Nancy was an addict, and this is an indisputable fact. She was mentally ill, abrasive, even nauseating. 
but she was a human and deserved justice. And so did Sid. The police saw Nancy's death as an open and shut case. Nancy, Nancy's dead on the bathroom floor and Sid is in the other room. It's easy to say that Sid did it. Uh, reporters spoke of her death with a junkies will be junkies attitude. Um, but still, Nancy had the right to a thorough investigation and that never happened. Um, the most prominent theory is that Sid killed Nancy in the night. Uh, he was arrested that morning and charged with second-degree murder. At the time, he admitted to the crime, and other times he denied it, or he denied it completely, or he just claimed amnesia. Amnesia. You know, it wasn't me. I don't know don't, who it was, look but at it me. wasn't me. Don't look at me. Don't look, don't look, look at, at me. me. I'm not sure. I wasn't Don't look there. at me. Chuck, do you want to read your part? Well, it raises some questions here, Devil. And and, and if we accept Sid's guilt as fact, that poses more questions. On the night that Nancy died, the couple had no heroin. Instead, Sid took up to to go to the methadone clinic. Methadone. He took copious amounts of the strong sedative, as we have mentioned, to an all. Now, witnesses present that evening claim Sid ingested at least 30 tablets. Now, if this is Makes true, sense. Sid would scarcely be able to lift the weight of his own hand, much less thrust a hunting knife into Nancy's abdomen. And she, you know, she didn't have a little abdomen. She had, you know, she had to dig in there to get it there. So, anyway. Wow. Sid wasn't the only questionable character in the room that night, aside from Nancy. A part-time comedian and drug dealer named Rockets Red Glare was there, too. And all of night... Course that's his name. All night long, all night long, Rockets no. freely came in and out of the unlocked room. Now, he was Sid and Nancy's bodyguard and drug dealers, the same person who provided the sedatives. Now, around 1 a.m., after Sid passed out, Nancy begged Rockets for an opiate painkiller called Dilaudid. Police never did question uh, him. They never questioned any of the identified six people who left their fingerprints on the crime scene except for Sid. Now, others claim a man named Michael came in and out of the room. Now, no one seems to know his last name, only that Michael was also a resident of the Chelsea. Might have been Michael Scott. Interestingly, Rockets' actual name was Michael Mora. Now, before Rockets died of a drug-related illness in 2001, he openly bragged that he had killed Nancy. Now, some say Rockets was being flippant and had a habit of telling tall tales. Tall tales, Brandy. Yes. mm -hmm. But Rockets also had a wad of cash bound with Nancy's purple hair hair tie. Sid and Nancy's money as much as $25,000 went missing when Nancy died. Now, everyone who knew Nancy knew she was on a death trip. She often claimed she would die young before age 21. Could it be Nancy stabbed herself? Now, this theory sounds extreme, but Nancy was an intense person with a history of self-injury. In the teen years... Nancy once inserted a coat hanger into her vagina with enough force to puncture her uterus, 
because she oh falsely God. believed she was pregnant. Oh, my God. Nancy also made several suicide attempts, and some of them were nearly successful. Considering these facts, man, Nancy may have created a single stab wound into the abdomen and just died. Now, she could have been saved that night if anyone had the presence of mind to help her. She bled slowly for hours before her injury became fatal. Now, during this time, neighbors claimed to have heard the moans coming from the room. But it was Sid and Nancy's place. Moaning would be a welcome change from the yelling, fighting, and love-making that they would typically hear. Now, why didn't Nancy scream? Well, she'd been screaming and fighting since babyhood. Instead, after the stabbing, Nancy roamed around the little room. She didn't call for help at all, and she didn't even try to wake Sid. Now, spending 55 days in a jail cell at Rikers Island Detention Center meant that Sid had to go through an agonizing heroin withdrawal process. Now, these well, typical but symptoms... but wait a minute. Yeah. Hold on. It, but it wasn't that bad because his mother... Um, his mother would smuggle heroin into the jail in her via her parts. rectum. Yeah, no, the mommy part. The mommy parts. Okay. Well, yeah, that's, not, that's not the as bad, I suppose. Not the colonoscopy part. The okay. mommy parts. So she would take it in there to him. Well, well typical so, symptoms of this extreme withdrawal going to include vomiting, some insomnia, night terrors, diarrhea, abdominal cramping. And muscle aches. Now, leaving pretty much what you feel like after you get your second vaccine. So, (laughs) leaving the detention center, Sid was escorted to the New York Criminal Court where he met with his lawyers who were certain they could get him off the charges. On February 1, 1979, Sid celebrated making bail with a group of friends at an apartment on 63 Bank Street in Manhattan. During this time in prison... He had been placed on a detox methadone program, and now his top priority was immediately to get his hands on some horse, some black tar, some china white. What the fuck? You just don't even know. Go ahead. Go ahead. The following morning, Sid was found dead following a heroin, heroin overdose at the age of 21. Going through his clothes, his mother found a suicide note. He said that, Him and Nancy had a suicide pact, and now he was living up to his end of the bargain. He is an honorable man now. You know, the reason why um, people uh, overdose on on heroin after they've been off of it is because they take the same amount that they took. They took, yeah. Right. And and they they can't handle it. Yeah, they lost their tolerance to it. Well... His last request was to have his ashes spread over Nancy's grave. Now, unfortunately, we'll never know who killed Nancy. She died at age 21 on February 2, 1979 of a heroin Sid died. Sid died then. I mean, Sid died then, yeah. Yeah. Had he lived and gone to trial, he could have been cleared of the crime because there was not enough investigation and way too many variables. Now, today, fans think of Sid and Nancy's story as some romantic tale reminiscent of Romeo and Juliet. There's nothing romantic about dying a slow, preventable death. Nancy's family did everything they could, including drugging up the girl till she was a zombie, but addiction still won over. There was a lack of awareness in the medical community then regarding mentally ill children, 
birth injury, and addiction treatment. Now, we've come a long, long way. For Nancy, it was too late. She was just 20 years old. Nancy is buried in a family plot at King David Memorial Park, and when Sid died, his mother asked to scatter her son's ashes on Nancy's grave. Nancy's mother politely declined. Sid's mother then urinated on Nancy's grave. (laughs) Oh, my God. Rumor holds that she spread them out there anyway. Nancy's headstone reads, Your odyssey is over. Sleep in peace, you miserable bitch. (laughs) Was she on an odyssey? I don't know. I don't know. Well, Brandy, what are your final thoughts on Sid Vicious and Nancy Spongen? I think I think that you're right. Like so many people want to romanticize this and oh they were just they were taken too young and they were this and they were that and it's not. It's not romantic at all. It's these two junkies that got together and, you know, broke up a band much like Yoko Ono. And I you know, the whole thing is I don't I get. I mean, she did. She didn't really have a chance, and her and her family tried. And just the whole thing is just ridiculous to me. But it's not a romance. It's not that these two people had this great love. What they had was obsession with each other for whatever reason. And you know, it's you know a lot of people. A lot of people think that Leanne is kind of like Yoko Ono, Colonel. Well, you know, Leanne is. um, Leanne is my nemesis, you know that, and uh, mm-hmm. and we have a little bit of a blood feud going. But I think that uh, I, I think that we can still, you know, despite our differences, you're saying still, she's not person person non grata. Oh, she is, she is, but <laughs> you know. Oh, because not. other people like her, it would make me look bad to openly show my disdain for her. I so I have to bigger, be the bigger person. And what I've done is I've been nice and polite to Leanne. And Leanne is often rude and nasty to me. So people fake Irish. on the outside, fake Irish, yeah, she lies to everybody about that. And uh, so from the outside, people think that I'm the good person. I see. And Leanne is the bad part. That's how you're, I beat you. Oh, you're fronting. Do you know what? And I just, well, and I want to make something very clear um, here is that, Chuck, nobody thinks that you're the good person. <laughs> so I want to make sure that we're all clear about that. So just continue. Brandy, uh, what are your thoughts? Do you, how, what do you think happened? Do you think it said killed her or what, what do you think? No, I don't think Sid killed her. Well, and and that depends. I mean, he killed her in the fact that, you know, they chit-chatted while he was taking his morning pee and, you know, I'm going to go get a bagel and a coffee and get some methadone and, you know, you hang tight, I'll be right back, and she died. He could have got her help and he didn't. Um, So, I mean, in that respect, sure, he did kill her. But, you know, who gave her the stab wound? You know, I don't think it was him. I think it was probably, you know, Rockets somebody Red else glare. that was. It could have been Rockets Red Glare. It could have been, you know, any of the other people that were wandering in and out of there. It's not like they were really discerning 
with who they let, you know, into their room. So it probably was that guy. It probably I, and she may have even asked him to do it. My Stab theory, me, let's see what yeah, happens. My theory is that they had a fight and she did it herself. That's my theory. She very well could have. You know, I wouldn't and, put that past you. If you're going to put a uh, clothes hanger up your Oh my lady god, parts. can we not talk about that ever again? Uh, Colonel, what's your oh thoughts on uh, what's your final thoughts on Sid and Nancy? Oh, I think they're both dead in the world a better place for it, Timmy. <laughs> wow. What's your theory? <laughs> Do you think she she think that he killed her or what's your theory on that? No, I think she did it herself. She was an attention whore, Timmy. She just She really was. Yeah. She really was an attention whore. Well, you know, it's it's if you need attention as uh, really bad, you put a, a coat hanger up your uh, <clears throat> up your who Stop it. Yeah. yeah. Stop uh, it right now. And and it makes it hard. I mean, you know, it, not only the damage it, it obviously it did to her and her uterus. Uh, what about the coat hanger, Colonel? I mean, can you use that thing again? Well, it depends on if she misshaped it or not, Timmy. Yeah. I mean, oh my God! Never again. Yeah, and was it like? Was, start, was it a wire Unless one? Start talking about. Wait a minute. Of course, it was a wire well, one. Well, I mean, it could have been one of those plastic wooden one. one. Is not going to do it. it. Might have been one of those wooden but ones that they have in the nicer hotels. No, no, no. But you know, here's the other thing. Unless you want to, unless you all want to start talking about those tuning rods that go in your urethra where they flick them Ugh. and they vibrate and that's Why would you whole bring thing? something okay. like that up i know right so let's just not go over this again we've been well, called Timmy, the punk rock of podcasting we've been called the sex, the sex pistols, pistols of podcasting yeah yeah not the sex pistols of podcasting well no, because and one if, of us and if we are chuck sid vicious that would be Chuck. He's said vicious. Well, Timmy, I, I got a follow up. You know, we're doing this new segment, Life Coaching yeah. with the Dweebs. Yes. And a I got a follow segment. up. Um, yeah. From, okay, you got uh, Mama right, last Mia week, from our question right. last week. Okay, um, last week we time. had, I'm sorry, last week we had uh, two two questions, right? And we addressed them, gave our advice. And, but we did get a follow up on one. It said. Um, this is with a woman, the mother-in-law, who wanted to know how do I make my the the girl like me. Yes, she was, having, she was having she was having some out, relational problems with her daughter-in-law. Yeah, there's some uh, there's some questions on paternity on this, so it may not matter. Um, so oh. keep me updated. But there's some uh, paternity questions there. So, so, so her it's, her son might not be the father. Is that what you're? Might not be, and it might not uh, matter whatsoever. So, well, I still maintain that she should pee on her. But, well, yeah, that's yeah. His, and she yeah. she sent me a message as she took that advice, and uh, she peed on both of them to show her okay. dominance. Uh huh. Now we had another one. Now this comes from anonymous. Angry, a- anonymous, agony ant. Okay. And this says, what? help. My husband has absolutely zero interest in sex. I'm only okay. 40 years old. I have not started growing a penis. Could I have early onset vaginal decay? <laughs> Well, well, that's that's something. That's a serious medical condition, Brandy. That we we should not make light of. Because, it is. Uh, and, 
in, in early early onset of vagina uh, vaginal 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 decay is a serious problem. We don't want to make light of it. Well, and but it's and it's much like gangrene. Gangrenous. Um, here's the thing: is that no, you don't, because everybody in your neighborhood would know it. Everybody, somebody would have told you if you had the vaginal decay. They would put just, a note on your windshield, surely. Surely. So, so we're going to rule that out. Leave Shirley out of it. And we're going to rule out vaginal decay, vaginal okay. decay, because right. uh, oh my god, it's just so obvious. You know, it's so it's like chicken pox. Everybody, yeah, knows it's. Got it. It's kind of self-evident. Uh, yeah. So you would know. This is something... If you had early onset of vaginal... <laughs> you can't even say it. <laughs> if you nope, have... I'm going to let you struggle if with this. You have... you struggle with this. If you have early onset of vaginal... <laughs> you know, you got me... I can't say it. Vaginal decay. Mm-hmm. It's self-evident. Everyone would know. You would know. The dogs right. would know. The I mean, dogs would know. Right, there'd be cats lined up on the block for you know. So yeah. it's not no. So we're gonna we're gonna assume it's not that. Okay, Timmy, and and I'm gonna give some advice uh, to the women out there, and and you really need to listen. We wish you wouldn't. If you want your husband to make speaking love for to you, every woman, uh, every is, woman everywhere, this is something that women don't seem to understand. To me, and and me and you have been placed in this position before. We're not performing monkeys, okay? No, we're not. You don't just strip off our clothes and say, here, you know, do me now, okay? Right. Men you gotta want, romance it. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta romance us. And that yeah. starts early. I mean, if you want, well, not even dinner, Timmy. Not even dinner. If you want sex at 10, Timmy, you start at 5.30 in the morning. And by 5.30 in the morning, what I mean is, is that men, we go to bed, we sleep, we wake up looking pretty much like we went to sleep, you know, the, like the night before. Now, women, that's not necessarily true, okay? Because women got to wear the makeup, they got to do the hair, they got to do everything else, and that all gets erased at night. So you don't want your husband's first vision in the morning being, ah, what the fuck? You know what I mean? So yeah. here's what you do. If your husband, oh let's say God. he gets up at 7. Don't have smeared makeup. And ladies, <laughs> you're going to thank me for this. No, get up. Get yourself in the shower. Clean off the raggedy makeup. Put on some fresh makeup. Okay? Do your hair. Do whatever it needs to be. And then go in and get his breakfast fixed. Fixing breakfast. Because remember, moron. you're playing the long game here. Right? Oh my God! And, yeah, if and, you want it, Brandy. There's things you have to do to get it. Yeah, I mean, you can't just say <clears throat> my husband has no interest in sex if you're not gonna do the work that leads up to it, right? So, oh, first we are of not all, performing monkeys as the Colonel says. When, right, you absolutely are. So but you get ahead. up, you make him some breakfast, you know, and and. Now, it doesn't really matter what you make because your husband, I mean, he's probably, you know, if you bring him some eggs and bacon and toast, even though he's got, you know, a a, a taste for pancakes that morning, he's not going to be so rude as to say, you know, you failed me here. He's just going to eat the eggs like a gentleman, you know, and go on and, and, and say thank you. So just fix him a good hearty breakfast. 
you know, have yourself dressed up, presentable, put your makeup on, put some pearls on, uh, some heels. Like pearls. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, and and, and perfume. he's going off to work. Yeah, perfume. He's going off to Deodorant. work now. Now, um, hey, he's going to eat his Pat breakfast Robertson? and have a shower. Pat Robertson, I need you to stop. Listen, stop. listen, I this woman answered, asked listen. the question, and not she wants her Linda. money's worth in an answer. I am going to have this her woman. horrible Randy, advice. Randy, what would be your advice then? Roll over. Ask for it. That's all I See, got. That's my, uh, we're not performing monkeys, Brandy. We're not. Well, and neither are we, but you want us to get up at the ass crack of dawn and put on our full face and do our makeup and get breakfast ready. And well, blah, you're the blah, one blah, who blah, wants blah. the wienerin. So, you know, if you yeah. want to want the wienerin, you got to work for the wienerin. Remember you that term, ladies. And when you, you got to work for the wienerin. Work for it. Work for Here's the, the thing. And when you say when you say work for it, it could also mean drive to the store and buy you one or just order it online. It can be there in a couple of days. I mean, you know, it's just he's not really providing anything that I can't buy see, elsewhere. See, this is the see, this is the lazy mentality with less work, and I don't have to put on makeup. Of or, so many or that cook leads at breakfast. to divorce, that leads to homelessness, that leads to alcoholism. Leads to, oh my God! Yeah, so you you find yourself Norma Ray in it at you know. 45 years old, looking like you're 110, saying, you know, I used to be. So just, I mean, you you know, Brandy's got a point of view that's really completely wrong and invalid. But um, so of what course. I'm saying, ladies, is being a if woman, you want to make if you want to have your husband properly make love to you with your heart, his heart in it. I don't ever want that. You got to start. It, it, it's the long game, ladies. It's the long work game. Work for the wiener. Right. I, it, right. Shut it, up. It don't, you, oh, my God. Work for the wiener. You got to send him some texts, you know, some pictures of your boobs at lunch or whatever, you know. Please when, don't do that. And uh, and say, you know, hey, big boy, I'm going to be waiting at home. I really miss you. My, you know, thank you for I was working at a cock uh, as a waitress in a cocktail. Bar no, I hate all I your words. You. I hate um, all of your words. And no, don't do that. And and then when he gets home that night, you know, rub his feet. Give him a foot massage before dinner. You what know? in the fuck is happening with you? Just, you know what? I'm 1956 just trying to make this called. woman help. I'm uh, trying to help this woman. Now, uh, uh, do you want to? Here's the thing, devil. Here's the thing. You got to make a choice. This woman wants to be properly serviced, properly weaned, properly made love to. Now, you're Ugh. being a barrier to that right now. You're being an obstacle to a weaner. So I am not. You, you're weaner <laughs> blocking not. here with your advice, devil. She's anti-weanering. So, my, yeah. my advice is to go buy it or order it and be done with it. See, well, and that is why the divorce rate is seventy eight percent in this country. I've got a I've been married almost fifteen years. I've received a similar kind of uh question, Colonel, in my DM. It says, Well, this woman wants to be anonymous, but she says I am uh married to somewhat of a celebrity who is has a high military rank. And I there's evenings when I need a good wienering, 
But uh, when I come to bed, he is wearing his CPAC machine. And (laughs) it's hard for me to become aroused. What would your advice be to a woman in that situation? (laughs) Well, what I would say to that woman is, is that, first of all, the CPAPs are um, the CPAPs are quiet. They they well, they're, they're also for someone with a Darth Vader fetish. Yeah, yeah. Just pretend that it's and so and do here's some role the thing you have to saying. understand: your husband is uh, your husband has a lot of stress during the day. You know, no, he doesn't. So, and I'll ask you the same. He absolutely question, does not. Did you make him breakfast? Did you wake up? You know, because women and and here's the thing to me, me and you being eights, you know, we're eights. We go to sleep at night. We're eights. We wake up in the morning. Look at me. We're eights. Right. Right. But a lot of women who are, who are eights, they go to bed and they when they wake up with the hair all wild and uh, makeup, makeup running down. The, yeah. They're, they've turned into fives all of a sudden, and that's not a thought you want going into your head. So, well, and, and what I would know, say, even if you even if you're wearing a CPAC machine, she could still service you, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, right. Here's the other thing, because, and let me let me just say this, because, you know, I understand that there are there are men that, um, you know, they're under a lot of pressure at work and whatever else. But I would say, and I mean, I think this is typical of of at least two of the men that I know, um, is that at work, um, you know, they kind of fuck around most of the day and then they get their other much smarter, uh, way more beautiful colleague to actually do a lot of the work for them. I don't know where you're so, I don't I know mean, where you I work, don't, but that's uh, not been I don't experience. see how I don't see how that puts pressure on them when, you know, their other smarter, much more beautiful colleague is doing their their share of of the work. Well, I would just say, Brandy, that's um, very rare that uh, you're 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 pointing out the rare exception. And we're pointing out. The, I'm really not, the though. I mean, that's been my experience is that, you know, that's been my experience with with those with those people. But, um, so, you know, I mean, there's, I, I, I feel, and, and you know, the CPAP thing is just, you know, that's just going to be one more accessory to the, to the, um, sexy time. So, I mean, just, you know, just kind of, you have to, you have to go with it, I guess. But okay. that was that was a long answer from Chuck, and I really just wanted to break it up. Well, it, um, it ch- because we've had we got our questions in, and I've got one, but I think I'm going to save it for next time when we are not on almost hour two well, of I, this podcast. I would just say, Brandy, that uh, the Colonel and I have given some very well founded advice, and uh, yours has been pretty much Shh. nonsensical. Don't you agree, Colonel? It has. I I, I would think that uh, <laughs> nothing would nothing is going to uh, really nothing's going to break his his uh, ding dong like Brandy's advice. Yeah, you're going to end up and with a broken ding dong. You're going to end up blue and limp. <laughs> is what you're going to end up. 
Mm-hmm. You get uh, Brandy, go ahead and read your. Uh, go ahead and read it because we. We'll... No, 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 no. It's again. We're headed into hour two, and we've got the Patreon list. So I want to go ahead and do that. Okay. And I've got it right here. And next time when we do this, oh, I'm going to what read. What if it's an emergency? This question first. What if it's an emergency? Uh, what well, it's not. Um, so I'm going to read. You know, I'll read mine first next time. And and we'll discuss it, Colonel. But, you know, um, our listeners reach out he, to us in desperation a lot of times. For they advice. do, they do. And she's saying, you know, she like she's basically treating them like Sid did Nancy. Uh-huh. You know what? You, oh, you're desperate. No, well, you, we'll get to you next week. Yeah. Well, yeah. and actually, what I'm I'm what glad I'm really she doesn't work is, at a suicide hotline. Yeah. Me too. Give me a call tomorrow. And what I'm really saying. What I'm really saying to the two of you is that the people and animals in my house have been quiet for about as long as they're going to be. So, you know, we need to we need to move forward because there are people getting hungry and there are people that are, you know, need their lunch made. So, um, you know, and, you know, and animals that need to go outside. Well, you to just spent themselves. 10 minutes talking about it. We could have had the question done. I. Yeah, I really didn't. Knowing. So let's let's go with the uh, Patreon list. All right, all right. We I would like start. to uh, we like to appreciate we like to say we appreciate all of you who support us on Patreon. If you would like to support us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash history dweebs, all one word, where you can leave a little, you can get, leave a lot, or Colonel, or just a wee little bit, Timmy. Just all right, Colonel. Uh, let's celebrate those who support us on Patreon. Okay, Timmy. Let's start with Emily. And I think, Emily, we can just say Emily. That's a pretty Because there's only one Emily. Um, Aaron Kunkamola, Rachel Goss, Anna Kaufman, Shelby Pelegi. I wonder if she related to Nicholas Pelegi, who wrote the book, Timmy. I don't know. Um, Goodfellas. Robert Benefield, Gina Green, Andrea, Louise Stones, Tessie, Buffy, Danelle Townsend. Marianne Knight, the Already Gone podcast, Timmy. Our f- good friend Nina instead. Mm, without the cussing, mm-hmm. uh, but also without the bonus advice. Uh, ben Dobrovich, the Bloody Murder podcast with Sarah. She, she, she's Tara very funny. And yeah. Barney. Yeah. Bridget Bernard, um, Cassie Kitchens, Callie Jones, Christy Lee. And, you know, she's a fake Canadian, too, Timmy. But Canadian uh, True Crime, one of my favorite podcasts. Canadian True Crime, that's right. Carl Asplin, Cheryl LeBlanc, Clark and Diane Trowbridge, Erica Kinney, Aaron Turner, Marsha Boris, Jay Cleveland Payne, Jamie Dent, Iro Jason Dykes, Jeff and Don Chestnut, Jennifer our Orcutt. Our two favorite Jennifer, people. Our two favorite medical professionals. I hope they go uh, to DweebCon this year. Oh, I certainly hope they do. Jennifer, Jennifer Savota, Jess, Kelly Charette, Kim Stroop, Christine Malachinsky, Laura O'Reilly. When does she relate it to Baba O'Reilly? Marsha Boris, Marie. Bill O'Reilly. Or Bill O'Reilly, Just yeah. do it live. Mary Court, Courtney Sheldon, Michelle Johns, Paula Kimes, The Context and Clarity Podcast, Sarah Bloom, Sue Van Hook, Shannon Arnold, Shirley Strap, Stephen Lovely Potts, Shirley. Terry Strafford, They Walk Among Us, Tyrone, Todd Lung, Tommy Lane, <coughs> Todd Long, I'm sorry, 
and Tracy Smith, Timmy. All right. I didn't hear Rudy's name. He must. I did not hear Rudy's name. I think his credit card has been declined. (laughs) Has declined. I'm gonna have to check that out, Timmy. I think he is not paying. You know, because I think Bo Bo put his Bo got a Discover card. I wonder if they take Discover. Uh, I'm sure they will. Just go to Bo got a hell of a credit rating. Patreon. (laughs) Patreon. Bo's like up at 804 right now. All right. Well, we would like to thank. Oh, all there's of you. Lucy. There's, there's Lucy. Lucy. I hear her yes. in the background. Lucy is, I told you guys. She is. She's been quiet this whole time. She's done. Yeah. Well, thank you, Lucy. Uh, all right. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see thank you all next time on History Dweebs. Bye, everyone. Good day. Bye, bye. Okay, I will be looking for it, Timmy. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.